If you have your outline, go ahead and take that out. Uh, this is the first, obviously, message of 2015, and uh, we are here for a brand new series uh, called Winning the Worry War, and um, first of four parts of the series that we'll be going throughout the month of January talking about this. And, uh, you know, it was kind of the idea for this was birthed out of seeing people go through Pretty difficult situations in, in 2014, and seeing some come through those situations um, and handling them with a tremendous amount of faith and trust in God and just stepping in where He would want you to step and trusting that He's going to lead and guide the way, um, and then seeing others who went through some pretty difficult situations and maybe, maybe not so really difficult situation, but they've made it that way with great anxiety and, to be honest, needless worry in in some areas about what was going to take place. So I thought, you know what, let's look to God as we start up 2015 um, and how he wants us to deal with and handles the bigger issues in life and also maybe some of those smaller everyday issues we go through as well. And you know, I realize that as we come to this kind of a series, there are uh, different ends of the spectrum concerning worry um, right here in this building. In fact, in your pews, you have people who are on one end on the other. On the one side, you might have people who do not worry at all. I mean, you come here and you're like, you're going to wake up in 35 minutes and be like, oh, yeah, that was an interesting message. Didn't do much for me. I, I'm okay. I, I, don't, I don't worry much at all. In fact, your friends probably are worried that you don't worry more is, is honestly how they may kind of approach this with you. Because on the other end of the spectrum, there are people in this room, um, when you consider worrying, like, that's what you do right? I mean, that, that, that's who you are. You, your, your friends are wanting to like to pull the internet or the newspaper, or the news shows away from you because when you, when you watch something or hear something, it's like, woo, 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 and it's all going all over the place. And you're like, worry, 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 worry. You, you, for some of you, you think it's your spiritual gift that you worry. <laughs> it, that, that's how much you do this, don't you? Honestly, I see a few, uh, like that. Yeah, that, that, that happens and that takes place. And, and, and honestly, you probably approach it and say, well, you know what? I'm trying to worry less, but the more you think about it, the more you end up worrying, right? Kind of like trying to go to sleep at night. When you think about it, you can't do it. So you try to stop worrying and you just can't do it. And so, and so there's people on that end of the spectrum. And then there's people kind of, you know, right in the middle of that where it's like, yeah, you know what? Those everyday events, they come up, they happen, they, 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 they're there, and, and yes, I'm, I'm worried, and I think about them too much, and I know I should be giving over to God more, but I just hold on, and, and worry just does get a hold of me. And, and we know that this is, is true because America has a worry problem. You don't have to look any farther than articles and books and internet uh, searches to, to find that. I mean, I just went on even this week to Amazon, typed in resources for, for about worry, to help with worry. And there's some 24,000 um, different links available, uh, books and resources available. Barnes & Noble, another 16,000 resources and things available for this, this worry issue and this worry problem. And, and we'll maybe identify some more of the specifics in the upcoming 
coming um, weeks. Um, I have a feeling, though, that if you want to categorize all, all of our worries, they would be in one of maybe five or six different kind of areas of life. Uh, finances would probably be a huge one for many of us. Uh, the future and what's going to take place in the future is probably a huge one, even as we enter into a brand new year of worried about the future and what's going to come up. Uh, maybe your job, the economy in that type of a way. Uh, if you're in school, you know, put job and school together. Uh, what's going to take place in this upcoming year? Um, relationships would probably be a huge one. Uh, if you're married or not married or just friendships that you might have, children, family um, would be in there as well. Uh, and then the last one that probably is a, is a big concern for many is, is your health. And what is my health going to be like? Or maybe you're going through some things now, or maybe having some testing and some issues, or you will in the very near future. And so let me just kind of ask you, just to kind of get us all on the same page here, let me kind of ask you a few questions. You don't have to raise your hands to these questions, but ask you a few questions um, about these worries that we face or that you're going to face in the upcoming months and years. Um, Let me just throw them up on the screen. The first one was this. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life. Now, some of you may have heard that question from someone else, very wise, and we're going to talk about that today because it's in the Bible. But, but, but just with what you brought in here today, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Let me ask you a second question. Who of you have worried so much that you think you have taken a year off of your life expectancy? You might be there, huh? We, we worry and it lessens our life. And, and if you did not know that, it is very, very true. It, it lessens your life, even life expectancy. Medical records have shown that, that people who worry, they live a lower quality of life and less of life. And so let me ask you a third question that maybe crystallizes this. Name one good thing about prolonged worry. I mean, what good does it do? Right? I mean, what good comes out of it? Does worry add any value whatsoever to life, to anything in life? Does it, does it help alleviate the problem somehow? Does it make it all better somehow? And, and if you answer the questions like, like I think you probably answer those questions, and most of us would probably answer those questions in the same way, there's probably one major question that you're probably asking. That is, if worrying can't add to your life, if worrying um, has the potential to shorten your life, and if worrying does not enhance anything at all about life, then why do we worry? I mean, it makes no sense, does it? And so as your pastor, I just want to say this to you. Stop it! (laughs) All right, let's close in prayer and we'll be done. So, no, no, just joking, just joking. But, but truthfully, if you would stop worrying, I would stop talking, right? That's one way to shorten the preacher, right? Stop worrying, and then we could go to a place of saying, okay, God, what do you have for me next? It is a problem, isn't it? We, we, we see that from in our culture. So much is published about this, and there's no one perfect answer. If there was one perfect answer, then you know, there wouldn't be a need to publish things anymore. People would just do it. And so literature hasn't answered that question. Those questions up there kind of bring up issues, but, but they don't answer that question. You say, okay, why? Why not? Because, because of this. Because worry is a spiritual issue. 
Worry is a devotion issue. Worry is a faith issue, as we're going to see here. In fact, I love one way that an author puts this. This is not on your outline, but you can write it down. It's for free for you up today. Um, one author writes it like this. They say, worrying is prayer in reverse. Worrying is prayer in reverse. Now you say, well, how? How? When you pray, you bring your issues, your whatevers to God An almighty God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, at least I hope that you believe that, and you leave them with him. You say, God, these are yours. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm praying for a family member. I'm praying for a job. I'm praying for perhaps a mate in this upcoming year. I'm praying for health concerns, those types of things. When you give them to God, you make those problems and those worries smaller, don't you? However, when you worry, you're taking those upon yourself. You're making those bigger in your life. Worry makes things bigger. It clouds our minds. It causes us to hyper-focus on things that we cannot even do something about. And so when we don't treat worry as a spiritual or as a faith issue, then books and articles and magazine resources and such, they just kind of medicate the issue. They just kind of medicate the problem where Jesus comes out it and he says, no, 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 let me give you a solution to this. Let, let me get this right for you. And, and truthfully, a lot of what you read and hear about worry, they don't put a spiritual twist on it. It's just what Jesus has to say repackaged without a faith or a spiritual issue to it. That's all it is. In fact, um, I was reading... In the paper, some of you may have seen this um, New Year, um, Dear Abby put something that kind of caught my eye as I was reading through. Um, she wrote about the most often requested list of New Year's resolutions that people have. Uh, and she, I think this came from her mom. I think she wrote in there that was the original Dear Abby, and now this is the daughter who's writing these articles. I just want to grab a couple of these because you, you hear this. This is just said in a kind of a secular type of way, but it's what Jesus was talking about. Let me read it for you. She says uh, she has about eight or nine different things that you can do just for today. She concentrates. She says, she says, just do this today. She says, just for today, make a resolution. I will live through this day only. I will not brood about yesterday or obsess about tomorrow. Jesus taught that very principle. That's where that came from. She says, just for today, I will be happy. I will not dwell on thoughts that depress me. If my mind fills with clouds, I will chase them away and fill it with sunshine. Jesus taught the same kind of principle. Your thoughts, where your thoughts lead you. Just for today, she says, I will accept what is. I will face reality. I will correct those things that I can correct and accept those I can not. I mean, those are godly principles. Those are biblical principles that Jesus wants to get after with us. And so that's what we're going for in these next few weeks. Um, Matthew chapter 6 is where you'll find it. In fact, Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 25 through 34 is where we're going to talk about this kind of a section here. And let me just say this. This is the Sermon on the Mount. We'll talk about that just a bit. But let me just say this very openly. If you follow what Jesus has to say about this, This will revolutionize your 2015. No doubt about it. In fact, anything Jesus says, if you follow through with it, will revolutionize your life. But this particularly, especially starting off this new year, will change how you approach issues, situations, your life. 
in this upcoming year. And so, before we start reading in this, let me give you just kind of the message in a nutshell, if I could. Here's where we're going after, and then then I'll kind of flesh this out a little bit. The things that you are most devoted to, let me say it this way, the things that you are most devoted to are the things you will worry about. Now, that's not very revolutionary, but let me say it in another way. In reverse, the things you worry about most are the things that you are most devoted to. Let me illustrate that. Um, I don't worry about your job because I'm not devoted to your job. If you come to me and want to pray about your job and talk about your job, I will do all I can to do that. Let your boss and some employees there or things that you can do differently and such. I, I will be right there and I will pray for you. But I don't then take those home with me because I'm not devoted to them as you are devoted to them. You worry about them because you are most devoted to those issues. If you're a, a high school or, or junior high or college student in here, I don't worry about your grades ever. All right? You come at midterms, you come at finals time, and I'll pray with you, and I'll, you know, help all that I can and such, but I don't really carry those with me. Your, your parents might carry them with you because they're paying for you. Uh, if you're going to UOP or something like that, which UOP, you know what UOP stands for? You owe plenty, right? You didn't, did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, any college is that way now, though, right? Okay. So, so I don't though. I don't though. Come after you and like I'm, I'm worrying and fretting and having anxiety about those because that's not what I'm devoted to. I'm not. Um, I, I don't. I don't worry about your relationship issues because I'm not devoted to them like you are. Again, I'll say this. I care about them, and if you are going through situations, I love getting together with you, praying with you, helping you all that I can. I'll even help you know meet if that's what you'd like. But I don't take them home with me and worry and fret about them because I'm not devoted to them like you are. Likewise, you don't worry about my issues because you're not devoted to my things and my core devotions as I am devoted to them. So, setting that up in that way, here is a great question to understand that concept. What if we shifted our devotions? What if we were devoted to the right things in the right way? I mean, what would happen to your worry if, if it changed the things that you are most devoted to? Because we just set the example that the things you're most devoted to are the things you're going to worry about. So what are you most devoted to? See, that's where Jesus gets into this, and he gets into this as a faith or a spiritual issue that we really need to drill down deep. And he, and he does it in such an awesome way that it seems so surface level, but it is really such a deep concept. So if you're not there already, Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be looking at. And let me just kind of set this up as we head into this section. Uh, many of you probably know this. This is called the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Mountain. 
And Matthew records it in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you have a Bible in front of you that has red letters in it, you'll see tons and tons and tons of red letters in these three chapters. That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus teaching the people. If you do not have a Bible, um, you are welcome to get one on your way out at our Next Step Center, which is right in the middle of our Welcome Center. Um, I'd encourage you, though, to pick up a Bible that has red letters in it because it's interesting to see the things that Jesus spoke and kind of the emphasis on that. Uh, And so we are right smack dab in the middle of that section. And, And would you believe that Jesus spoke more about worry, uninterrupted sections that he has in here, more about worry than any other subject in the Sermon on the Mount? He speaks more about worry. You can, just, you can just look at the verses that are devoted to it and the time that he devotes to it. He speaks more about worry than he does about praying, more about worry than he does about your witness, more about worry than your marriage, more about worry than, than giving, more about worry than fasting. And, and when I heard that or saw that, I was like, why? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus knew that first century Israelite people had a worry issue a worrying problem. And he also knew that 21st century Americans would have a worry issue, a worry problem. And so he gives this just incredibly powerful advice, and he launches into this discussion on worry by talking about, of all things, finances. I'm sure that would make our top three to five of everybody in this room if we were to put down our worries in the upcoming year. Let me show you where. Matthew 6. Uh, I said we're going to start in 25, but let me jump one verse up above because it's good to kind of see where Jesus leads into this. He says in verse 24, No one can serve... How many masters? Two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other... Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? And money. You cannot serve God and money. Now, money here is the Greek word manon, which translates into your stuff. So basically, he's saying you can't, you can't serve your money and your stuff. You can't serve God and your money and your stuff. You you either need to be fully devoted to one or fully devoted to the other one. You need to decide, is it God or is it your man and your money, your stuff? What's it going to be? And then he goes on and shares what we now know as verse 25 when he says, therefore, and you know my rule about the therefore, right? Anytime you come across therefore, find out why the therefore is therefore, okay, right? The therefore here is usually connecting a couple of thoughts. So he says, you know, you got some worry going on over here. You got some things that you need to settle up. Who you serving? What direction of your life? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. And in the NIV, it says very plainly, do not worry. But the ESV translates it anxious. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. On. Now, Jesus is, is just kind of addressing kind of what maybe we would say are some surface issues or some basic necessities of, of first century life. Maybe if it was today, he might share a little bit differently, you know, kind of like your health care plan or you know, this, or he talk about some, you know, 401k or some things like that. But, but this is just the beginning of kind of these basic necessities of what you'll eat and what you'll wear, because he says, is that really life? Look at the end of that section. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So he says that? He identifies these. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or what your body's going to put on. Is not life more than the food and the body more than clothing? See, the point isn't that these aren't important or that there isn't uncertainty in them. It's just worrying about them doesn't help. He says, isn't life more than that? He's trying to get us out of this hyper-focused context that sometimes we enter into in life, and we think, man, this is just so important. Isn't life bigger than just what your next meal is going to be? Isn't life bigger than even your relationships? Isn't life bigger than perhaps your retirement? Isn't life bigger than your job or your school? Isn't isn't life bigger than the places that you spend time at and you're, that you're devoted to. And, and, and we probably look at that and say, yeah, Jesus, you know, I, I, I probably got a little hyper-focused about some of those things. You're right. And so what he's wanting us to do is kind of pull back and get a little bigger perspective on things because then he comes to a principle that, that really on the surface level seems to be a little insensitive when he addresses it. He says in verse 26, he says, look at the bird's of the air. And if I was there, I probably would have been like, Jesus, the birds of the air, come on, give me a break. We got so much other going on. I got other things to worry about, my marriage, my kids, my retirement, my other things going on, my health. And Jesus is like, are you done now? Because I got something to say about this. And I probably, hopefully would say, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Good. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In other words, in our language, um, Jesus is saying... uh, you know, I don't expect you just to go and take your latte and sit underneath the palm tree and forget all about life. That's not what I'm saying. Um, he's not saying and discounting the stuff that we struggle with. He, he, he's just looking at it and saying, um, you know, the birds of the air, they don't have like 401k retirement problems. You know, the birds of the air, they don't have like these grandiose agendas and plans that they have to work through and, 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 and get all right. You know, these, these, these birds, these, these birds of the air, like they don't have to have to hold their hands of their young because they're young or in a scary world and in a hard, harsh world. I mean, parents, some of you are young parents. I saw some young parents coming in here today. Some of you remember, you know, those parenting years. Do you remember how uptight and stressed you were when that first child came along? Do you remember that? That little, that little binky, or I don't know if you call it a binky, or you call it a pacifier that you stick into the mouth, and they would spit that thing out, and the first time that hit the floor, you were like, oh, sterilize it, do not put it back in their mouth, right? Right? Let's boil it, get all the germs off it, right? You remember those days? And then the second time that binky hit the floor, you were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, wash it off, it should be okay. Third time, what'd you do? Well, maybe you blew on it, right? Let's give the third child something. <laughs> Like, that's really going to help, right? <laughs> you blew on it, right? Fourth time. What'd you do the fourth time? You just took it back and just popped it right back in their mouth, didn't you? Ah, a little dirt don't hurt. Boom, right back in their mouth. 
I mean, we, we get this hyper-stressed-out motion in these first kids, and then life kind of comes along, and we do things a little bit differently. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, um, you know, uh, look, at, look at the birds of the air. Look at how they deal with these kind of issues. Look at how the birds parent their young. I mean, think about this. They take them high up into a tree, into a nest, and then when they get old enough, what do they do? Kick them out. Good luck. There you go. Right? Look at the birds in the air. There you go. Try that one. Right? Or the food. How about the food? How do birds feed their young? They eat the food and chew it and spit it back into their mouths, don't they? Well, let's not go that far with this one, but you get the point, right? Right? Look at the birds and see how the birds care for their young. See how I care for you because are you not that much more important than the birds? See, his point isn't, you know, do exactly what the birds do. It's that the birds get taken care of and how much more do I care for you than even caring for the birds? In fact, would you say this with me? I believe God loves me. Say this with me. I believe God loves me more than the birds. Say that all together now. I believe God loves me more than the birds. Now, that is not very revolutionary. But many of you don't live like you believe what you just said. You don't believe it. You, you, you say you believe it. You, you said it. Yeah, Pastor Brad said to say it. I'll say it. Okay, I'll say it. But you don't believe it when you leave this place. Well, maybe you say you believe it, but you don't act that way. And Jesus' point is that you can have uncertainty and not worry at the same time. Jesus' point is not I can be irresponsible and it will all work out. Okay, hear me on that. He will not, he is not saying that. I mean, try that tomorrow at work. I can be irresponsible and it's all going to work out. No, that's not going to work out. You can't try that in your classes. Uh, uh, anything, that, that's not the way it's going to go. That's fatalism, all right? We don't believe in fate. We believe in a heavenly Father who loves us and who cares for us and is going to bring things to work out. We trust in Him. We do our part, yes, but we trust ultimately in Father. In other words, let me say it this way. Do your part. Do the sowing and the reaping. Do the storing in the barns. If you need a job, go fill out the job application. Go knock on the doors. Go, if you're a student, study hard. Throw yourself into your studies. If you're lonely heading into this new year, looking for companionship in a relationship, you do need to ask somebody out, okay? That doesn't just happen on its own. Or talk to a friend who can help get others around you. Maybe even, you know, have someone, hey, wouldn't this be a nice person to get to meet? Work hard. Set goals. Do your best. And once you did all that in the now, then you say, all right, God loves me. And he loves me more than the birds. He takes care of the birds. He's going to take care of me. Do your part. Yes. Everything within your power. Yes. But then we step back and we say, okay, you know what? I don't need to worry about this because God's in charge of this. God has this one on his radar. Go to verse 27. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Okay, that was a question we asked. That, that was straight from Jesus on this one. Okay, and if you think that's still too simplistic, 
then go ahead and get super hyper-focused on all this and ask yourself, is this working for me? I mean, that's the other option. If, if you don't want to follow what Jesus says here, then, then just get super hyper-focused and, and do it your own way. The, the thing to ask is, does worry now create certainty tomorrow? And if it doesn't, then here's an idea. Look to the birds. Look and see how the Father takes care of the birds. Jesus says, that's where I want your focus to be for just a bit. Because your heavenly Father loves you incredibly more than he does those birds, and he takes care of those birds, so he's also going to take care of you. Verse 28, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, NIV I think says fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? In other words, don't you believe God is going to take care of you? And he gets right to the heart of the issue. That's the heart of the worry issue. Jesus here is connecting some big dots as he's pulling this together for us. And watch this now. This is where it all kind of crystallizes. Look at how he closes. I just read this, but let me read this again in verse 30, the last part. It's up here on the screen. Oh, you of little what? Boom. That's why it's a faith issue. That's why it is a spiritual issue. Worry is a devotion issue, a spiritual issue, a faith issue. See, Jesus never discounts the um, big issues of the day, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Those are important things. His point is you don't need to worry about those things. Because the issue is, do you trust your Father in heaven? Because worrying says, no, I don't. I have to have control of that. And if that's the way you approach issues, then you are praying, playing practical atheism of saying there's not a God who can take care of this. Well, maybe he's a God who's up there, Santa Claus, God, we just celebrated that, so God, go back up on the shelf. Let me take care of the rest of this for this upcoming year, and let me deal with it my way. I'll worry about it. Look at the birds. See how God deals with those. If, if that's your issue, if that's how you approach things, I, I challenge you, go out and look at the birds and see how much peace they have compared to how much peace you have. Now, I know where we get stuck on this. Most of you are kind of like, okay, we get it. Jesus, we get it. All right, bingo, between the eyes, we get it. Where we most often get stuck on this is, I know God can do all these things. I, I, just, I just don't know if he will right? I know God can bring up the right job for me and help me in my workplace. I'm just not so sure he will. I know God can bring the right person into my life in this upcoming year. I'm just not so sure he will. I know God can heal me of this. I'm, I'm just not necessarily so sure if he will. And, and I, 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 if that's where you're coming from on it, then the question really needs to be shifted over to, do you believe God knows best? for your life. Okay, now we've gotten into a whole nother subject here. Not just, okay, God, I'm going to give this over to you. It's God, I I need to give this to you and leave it in your place because you know best in the midst of this. 
Worry is an issue of faith. It's a faith issue. Because everything about life changes, our culture changes, things change, but God never does. And so uh, you probably thought I forgot about your outline. I did not. Pull that out. You ready for this? Let's go through these and let's just ask a few questions as we go along. First point I wrote down there was this. Uh, Worry is a waste of time. I think I want to summarize some things of what Scripture says about this and what Jesus is saying here. I think he'd be saying worry is a waste of time. And if time equals life, then maybe you are wasting your life if you're worrying. And so let me give you an action step. I'll just put things in my words. You can write them in your words because I hope that you'll keep this beside your bed or someplace you go often, refrigerator, car, whatever it may be. Um, Here's an action step. When some sort of worry enters your mind, but you know you have done everything that you can do, then choose to say, I am not going to waste my time. I am not going to waste my life on this. Okay, when some issue, when some worry comes up and you know you've done all that you can do, there's a key phrase there because some of you maybe need to do a little bit more in some areas and others, you know, you're there. Okay, if you're there, then you just have to say, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my life on this because God's got this one. Okay, second, we need to do what we can do. And trust God to do what we can't do. Let me say that one again. We need to do what we can do. And then we need to trust God to do what we can't do. That is an Old Testament principle. That is a New Testament principle. That is a faith principle. That is a, God, you are in charge of this. I can do what I can do, but then you can do what you can do, and I need to let you do that. And so the action step, again, I'm just going to save it my words, translate it to your own, however you want to put this down. But when your brain starts going down that worry trail, you need to ask yourself, have I done all I can do? And if so, okay then I leave it there. Have you done all that you can do? And if you go farther than what you can do, then you're probably stepping into what God needs to do. And somewhere in the midst of that where you're starting to say, okay, I can't do any more on this. God, this is what has to happen is where worry and stress and anxiety is birthed. So you need to say, God, this is all I can do. Check, it's yours. Because I can't do the rest. You got to do that. Now, he might not do it the way you want it done. It's okay. That's what we get into. Does God know best? But you've got to leave it there. Last uh, little bullet point I put down. If the emotion of worry is connected to our devotion in life, which is what we talked about at the first point of the message here, then ask yourself, what are you most devoted to? This week. As you pray about this, as you read Scripture about this, and I'm going to give you an assignment here as a, as a homework assignment here, action step. What are you most devoted to? What has God revealed in your life that you're spending a lot of time devoted to and maybe even to the wrong thing because you know now you're worrying about it and it's out of your control? And so let me give you an action step on what you can do in this one, and that is this. 
for the next six mornings or evenings or afternoons, whatever you are at your best, read this portion of Scripture that we just read here today. In fact, I'll ask you to go all the way through 34. But read Matthew 6, 24 through 34. Read it every day. And if you have to, print it up, put it on a little car that you can have it, you know, at your lunchtime or driving to work or someplace. If you don't want to lug your Bible around, whatever it takes, put it on your phone so that you can come across it often. But read this section every day this week. And I'm convinced that there will be one or two things that just kind of jump off the page at you of what God is trying to do and wants to do in your heart. Maybe there'll be some areas that you realize, man, I have been so hyper-focused on this. I've been, way been, I've been way too devoted to this. And God, I'm taking things out of your area and I'm trying to play God in this area. I don't know what, but allow your heart just to meditate in this section of teaching that Jesus gives to us. Because somewhere in the midst of this is if you can't sense God clearly in your life, if he is not being a, a radical force in your life, it's because there's a, something in the way of that. And, and I have a hunch that it may be this war for your mind. It may be this war for your heart. It may be this war for your devotions. It may be this war for your actions. It may be this war of your thoughts that you're not taking them to God, not taking them captive in that way, but you are taking them upon yourself. Because Jesus says it. He says it. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. And if that's a command that he gives to us, then there's got to be a way of doing that. That's what I think Jesus is talking about. That's what he's getting to here. And that's going to be different for each of us. But it begins with God's Holy Spirit speaking to you because the marvelous part about this is you enter a brand new year is that you're not doing this on your own. You have other people to do this with in this church if you so choose to step out and come to our times together and get into a study. But more than that, you have God's Holy Spirit that is in your life. And God's Holy Spirit is the one speaking into your life. And God's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one who has taken the words that I have shared off of this page and through a feeble, not-so-great communicator and tried to put it before you to say, how is it working for us? And maybe there's a different way of doing it. Maybe there's God's way of doing it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, forgive us when we have tried to play God. Forgive us when we have worried about things that we have no right trying to dictate. Forgive us when we have gotten things clouded up and it's replaced a intimate relationship with you. Lord, forgive us for what we go to first. That is not you. Lord, even now, there's um, areas in our lives where we are trying to take too much control of. There's areas in our lives where we have spent too much mental energy. There's areas in our lives that we have... um, We've tried to do too much with. And God, I pray and I pray that you would reveal this to us even over this next week's time that um, you want those areas. You, you want to make sure we know that you got them. They're on your radar. Nothing has slipped through your fingers. And so, Lord, may it be a health issue. 
May it be a relationship issue. May it be a work issue. Maybe a school issue. Maybe it's something with um, a neighbor, a child, a parent. Or may it be a financial issue. I pray that we have given those over to you. And I pray that we enter into this first Sunday, this first full week of 2015, in a new and a fresh and a different way. A way that says, Lord, may we do it a different way. May we do it your way. And when we come to the end of this year, may we look back and say, okay, perhaps we didn't go through any less battles. Perhaps we didn't go through any less storms. Perhaps we didn't go through any less uh, situations. But, Lord, we just did it differently. We did it with more peace. We did it with more of you in the midst of everything. Lord, we give you that freedom to take those areas in our lives. We give them to you now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. As we don't focus on what concerns us, it's as we focus upon you. We worship you now. In your name we pray. Amen.